You're listening to the Physics Ed Podcast. For hundreds of ideas, free experiments and more, go to physicseducation.com.au. And now, here's your host, Ben Newsom. Yes, welcome again for another Phys Ed podcast. Hey, glad to have you again for another chat around science and STEM and all that sort of thing. And this week we're hanging out with someone who really loves her science. So much so, she's currently the host of Scope, which is a national kids science show which goes right across Australia and beyond through Network 10. It's a really, really cool show. In fact, there's kids everywhere. They often quote this about what they've learned on Scope, what they've seen on Scope when we visit schools ourselves. So tell you what, Isla has been doing an amazing job inspiring kids and her role involves writing and presenting segments that aim really to grab kids' interest from ages 8 through to 12. But I must say, there are often some kids who are a little bit older and a little bit younger who love it as well. And she works with scientists to communicate well what they've been doing in their research in an engaging and interesting way. She is truly passionate about increasing more women and girls into STEM. And she's really about also increasing diversity in television. And she's a very, very good presenter and, you know, loves the science. And I thought, you know what, it'd be great to hear about just what she's been getting up to and how she got involved in such a, you know, such a role like that having gone through the Questcon Science Circus and having been training other master's students in science communication. So uh, look, a bit to talk about today and uh, a little bit of a way to finish off the 2020 on a very fun note with someone who loves the science in a very fun way. This is the Physics Ed Podcast. We're all about science, ed tech and more. To see 100 fun free experiments you can do with your class, go to physicseducation.com.au. That's physics spelled F-I-Z-Z-I-C-S. And click 100 free experiments. Thanks, Ben. Thanks for having me. Hey, I'm really stoked to have you here. I mean, considering how flat out this year has been, no doubt you've had quite a tumultuous and interesting year, I believe. (laughs) So, uh, Isla, what have you been getting up to? What do you do? Well, currently I work for uh, the National Kids Science Show on Network 10, which is one of the major networks, uh, network television stations in Australia um, called Scope and Scope. We kind of explore a lot of local scientists, actually. We're based up in Brisbane, Queensland, Australia. Um, And, yeah, we go around to kind of a lot of universities, a lot of um, amateur scientists, anyone really interested in the STEM field, um, sort of talk to them about what they're about and try and make science really interesting and engaging for for kids yeah Um, i say i I love that program i mean a lot of us in different ways of growing up with different versions of these types of programs there's a lot of effort that goes in the background for these sorts of sessions these things hey yeah totally um and i think one of the big things that um that has changed since i started um right sort of i actually started with scope um about a week before a lot of the national lockdowns so i've been with scope for about seven months now (laughs) but the big things that, that that's changed in that time um is that i guess we're trying to make science um less about about information um and factual kind of one way you know dissemination of of information and i think this is kind of the same with a lot of stem education at the moment Um, a lot of it is about kind of sparking interest i suppose that's kind of the role um role of myself as a science communicator i'm sure that's um you kind of resonate with that as well ben um but yeah trying to get kids interested firstly um that spark of interest and then getting them to to take the next steps into learning more and being more interested. And I think, um, yeah, I think that's what I really, really like about the program that it, it's about kind of um, 
from a network perspective, it's about entertainment over fact. Um, and and for me, you know, I love science and I love talking about it. So it's it is really easy for me to prepare science. Well, not easy, I guess, but um, it's it. I, I I'm passionate and I love what I do, um, making science a little bit kooky, a little bit quirky, something that's a little bit different to um yeah to kind of reading about science in a textbook or watching a, a really dry science documentary. No, I totally agree. And speaking of like a spark of science, like spark of interest, what got you into the whole science thing? I mean, everyone's got this story. Everyone's got a story about how they get into this, but you're specifically getting into science, like you're a scientist first, and now you're a science communicator. What got you all into this sort of thing? Um, it's an interesting question. I, you're right. So many people have different kind of stories. But for me, um, I was born in Japan and my, my family's in Japan and um, my parents and I migrated to uh, to Melbourne actually initially when I was two years old and um, my parents have a very strong tie to their family back in Japan so I'd actually travel to Japan every summer holidays that I had um, during my schooling years and I'd travel on a on a big jumbo jet plane and um, that's kind of what got me into science actually I, I was fascinated by how this massive metal box with 800 people could could take off so easily and land so gracefully. I spent a lot of time at the airport. Um, so to this day, I'm a massive, massive plane nerd. I love them. Um, but yeah, I think that's where my initial spark of science started, um, starting to ask questions. And I think that is the most important thing about science, right? It's about asking questions, wanting to know more and trying to find out um, how, you know, how, how you try to find the information that you want one of the funny um, things about this is that when you even look at like the, the how things sort of work, even if you actually understand how they work, it's, it's one thing to understand. There's one thing to actually see it happening. I still th still think that when you look at a plane, I mean, really, that's quite a couple hundred tons of stuff in the air, and it holds up. No, knowing that there are four principles of flight is a good thing, but seeing it's another thing. It's, it's, and that's a lot of the fun is actually showing people examples of a thing in real world, in practice, and it makes such a difference. Yeah, totally, definitely, and I think that's where um where I kind of got into science communication. I, I did follow the science path. I studied science at university, but um, yeah, I really liked breaking down the research that I was doing or, you know, the, the science of flight um, right down to friends who were, you know, who were really disinterested in science and I'd talk to them. And um, I guess my, my enthusiasm was just oozing out of me that, that a lot of people who were listening to me, whether it were, you know, my parents or my friends at school, they just, they really kind of um, said, I like, I, maybe science is, is interesting. Um, you know, there are obviously people who aren't, um, who aren't old and in lab coats and have really disgusting hair who, you know, it's, it's not just all them. Um, it is just about, yeah, like things like everyday things. Um, yeah. And I just, I really like talking about it. Absolutely. And then hello to all you old men with disgusting hair too. Uh, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. No, it is, it is a wide range of people and we all do lots of different things. I've got to ask, what sort of research were you doing? Um, I have a background in medicinal chemistry and pharmacology. Yep. Um, so I love, I love chemistry. I love um, drugs and medicines and how they interact with the body. And I, I had a part-time job at a pharmacy during university. Um, and I, like similarly there, the thing that I loved doing there the most was um, catching any old people, especially who had, uh, who had a lot of time and just being like, let me tell you how the, the drug that you're taking works in your body um, and, and chatting to them about it. And yeah, I, I think I've always, I've always liked that. I really like that. 
No, it's really cool because we actually, we do a bit of work with the National Indigenous Science Education Program. They're out of Macquarie University and they do this really cool thing where they work with uh, Indigenous elders from all over, mainly northern New South Wales, but they find all these weird alkaloids in plants and they only know about these plants are kind of cool because they talk with the Indigenous elders and they find out what were you doing with these plants and how were they used in different ways and they go, hang on, maybe we should check this thing out and there is a lot of stuff to be discovered when it comes to medicinal purposes in so different ways. Do you miss uh, research? I do, totally. I miss it so much. I, um, I do have the pleasure of going into a lot of research labs now, um, research, like interviewing scientists and, um, and STEM enthusiasts. But, yeah, I, I really do miss it. Um, but the great thing is that there are, like, it's, it is being a science communicator, you do get to dabble in, um, in a lot of different sciences, and I think that's something I really enjoy, though. Absolutely. So now you did uh, formally train in science communication uh, in ANU, right in the heart of Australia, I suppose, Canberra. I mean, people could argue maybe it's not the heart of Australia, <laughs> but it is at least our capital. Uh, what was that like going through the science circuits? It was, it's, I mean, it sounds really cliche, but it is a really, I, to me anyway, it was a very life-changing experience. Um, the science circus travels all around Australia, especially into regional and remote areas of Australia, um, doing science shows. And um, for me, I, I, um, I grew up mainly in Sydney and I had, I guess I had a very um, privileged background in that my parents were, were supportive. Um, they sent me to, to the local government school, but um, my school had really, really great teachers um, who, who, who were really supportive and um, really encouraging of, of all of their students. And then I went to university. And I think going into other areas and um, tapping into different people and, and their communities, I, it kind of made me realise how, um, how different people are. I mean, it sounds really obvious, yeah. but um, there's, this, there's quite a big divide that I think we, we, we can acknowledge. I think that there is a lot of, you know, regional and remote schools are under-resourced, teachers are so under stress and they just don't get the support um, that, that they should and, and do get that, you know, their peers in metropolitan areas do get. And I think to me, that's when I realised, yeah, that, that it was, you know, that science communication, like, and, and education in general is, is really important and not everyone gets, the, gets sort of what I got. Um, so in that sense, it was a really kind of life-changing experience. You know, I really saw, um, yeah, different aspects of people's lives. Um, but so, sort of more from a personal perspective, it did... Um, yeah, it, it made me realise how much I really like talking to people, how much I like travelling, seeing different parts of the country, um, meeting lots of different people and seeing different communities. Which are parts of the countries you get to go to? Um, oh, I've, I've actually been to every state and territory except for Tasmania for work. Um, some of my highlights are going to Indigenous remote communities um, in Central Australia. That was, that was such a special experience. Um, uh, mainly, I don't know, I've been to lots of places. Um, I've, I really liked going to the south uh, southwestern corner of Western Australia, sort of the Esperance area, up through to Kalgoorlie, some really, really beautiful and different landscapes up there. Um, touring through, uh, it's always nice going to a, um, a wine region like the Clare yeah, Valley yeah. in South Australia. <laughs> yeah, well, we're pure for uh, research reasons, I guess. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah, <laughs> obviously for work. Yeah, I uh, yeah, got that. <laughs> no, that's really cool. So one that's forward now, you and I with Scope, and which is a, you know, a fantastic program which you know, impacts kids all over the place. Uh, what's it like working at, with Scope? 
Every day is really different. It's so much fun. Um, And working with with really, really creative people is fun too. Um, My whole team, none of them have a science background. Um, In fact, no one sort of in in the children's department at the moment have much of a science background. And so it's, um, it's a really great tester actually to write a script and say, hey, does this make sense? Like, do you understand what I'm trying to get across. Yeah. Um, so it's, yeah, it's a great test and it's really fun working with a lot of diverse people as well. Um, I mean, the kids department at Channel 10 are such creative, passionate people and it's always fun being surrounded by people who love doing what they do. So it's kind of hard to sort of compare and contrast because you only got a week before the whole lockdown thing happens. <laughs> uh, so it's sort of like, yeah, what was it like before? It's like, was there a before? Um, but I guess you'd have a chance to have a chat with your team to find out, you know, what are the challenges? What are the, you know, what it's been like? How is it, what's it like working with a production crew when you can't go out on site so much anymore? Or have you been going out on site? I, don't, I genuinely just don't know. So how have you been sort of managing the last seven months? Um, I think a lot of it has been, well, for starters, we've been doing a lot of in-house skits and sketches and things where we used to go out and, yeah, interact with, um, with scientists and, and members of the public and things like that. So um, we've definitely become really creative. We've become great at set design, um, creating, you know, a lab here and, um, you know, someone's bedroom in, in the corner of an office, <laughs> <laughs> things like that being really resourceful um and yeah i think doing a lot of this kind of thing skyping and and it's kind of opened a lot of doors up until now we've um scopes really focused on um interviewing local scientists people who are in brisbane or in the in the brisbane area um but now because you know regardless of whether they are in brisbane or 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 was this was the case maybe three months ago now but um yeah, whether they were in Brisbane, whether they were in Melbourne, whether they were in London, you know, the, the format's the same. It's all kind of, we did a lot of Skype interviews, so it meant we got to interview some really cool people that we probably never would have thought to reach out to. Yeah. That's no, been I, a really great opportunity. No, it's really broad. I mean, I, I love how IT just brings people together. Yes, we're all staring at this screen. There's a little camera up there. We're all doing that. But we get to connect. I mean, that's eventually what communication is, about making connections with audiences and, and certainly certainly is a lot of fun. Um, I mean, I guess a question, like, you've done a lot of work with lots of audiences in lots of ways. I mean, in some ways I'm feeling like I'm putting you on the spot, so I'll let you give you some time to think, but there are all these different audiences. There are large audiences, there are small audiences, there are older audiences, and there are really little baby kids in preschool. What do you like working with the most? I mean, I suppose you have. <laughs> Who do you like working with the most? Oh, that's a good question. Hmm. At the moment, it, um, working for TV, it's... It, um, it's a really different experience, mm. I suppose. Up until now, as you said, I've, I've been able to see my audience, whether they were really old or really young or teachers or kids or whoever it was, um, you could see it and, you know, you, you knew who, who, you, who you were up against. With TV, it's really hard to know and it's hard to know who to pitch to. Um, mm. But I think, it, I think having the experience beforehand has been really good. Um, going back to your original question, who do I like engaging with the most? I love... Um, one of the things I used to do at Questacon, the National Science and Technology Centre, um, is that I would go around to these communities, um, regional and remote, and work with students kind of almost one-on-one um, to do like a, uh, like a STEM and innovation design workshop and get them to build something in a 90-minute period. Yeah. And my favourite students were the ones who were, who were actually quite disengaged um, and didn't want to engage in the activity they thought they were a little bit too cool for school um 
And I think one of the huge benefits of being someone who flies in and flies out and isn't a teacher um, is that, you know, well, firstly, you, you get such a small amount of time and to me it's such a big challenge and, a, and it's really fun saying, you know, I've got 90 minutes to try and get this kid on side. And, um, yeah, that's, I think that's really fun because it's so rewarding when you do get them on side. Um, and to be fair, you know, you won't, I, I probably only succeeded one every three <laughs> students. <laughs> Don't have a huge success rate. But um, it's it's so rewarding and I just respect teachers so much who have to deal with it every day and they don't have the benefit of just being able to to leave at the end of the, you know, at the end of a lesson. They've got to see these students over and over again and building that rapport, I think, I've just, just amazing. It's amazing the stuff that teachers do out there. Um, But, yeah, I love trying to to get on there to, yeah, to try and communicate with people who I don't necessarily... um, don't necessarily understand initially. I suppose I was the kid who was, um, I was, you know, the typical nerd um, at school. You're in a safe <laughs> space, it's okay. It's <laughs> <laughs> a safe space. No, I, I was totally the teacher's kid, uh, teacher's pet, and I, you know, like when there were the kids in the back who were talking when the teacher was talking, I was like, oh, my goodness, like, be quiet. I don't know why you're doing this. And and to be able to um, engage with students like that, I think is, um, yeah, it's really special. I love I love working one-on-one with students like that. Yeah, absolutely. We actually, um, gosh, just a few, ugh, 70 episodes ago? I oh, know. Uh, Dr. Simon Crook, who does a lot of uh, professional development uh, work with a whole bunch of schools around Australia, especially high schools, uh, he did say this quote. He said, uh, you can engage me or you can enrage me. And I went, you know what, I, I've taken that one to heart because it's t- totally the case. I was the kid that you wouldn't have liked. I was in the back of the room messing around a little bit, probably a little bit too much. Probably to this day, I'd probably mess around a bit too much, let's be honest. But, uh, I mean, it came down to engagement. I mean, I was hyper-focused on people that could engage me and then not so much on others. And and I suppose in a lot of ways I had to take some of that on board. I probably should have listened a bit more. However, making lessons engaging is an important thing. I suppose with science communication, when you're visiting different places with a particular experiment or activity, a STEM build or whatever it is, it's almost like a scientific method. You actually get to do a test, check, iterate, Go again, like you get you get to play around with it. And so even just sometimes the nuances, it could be phrasing. It could be a way you pitch it. Even you, honestly, your body position <laughs> sometimes. Who, who knows? Whatever it is that grabs the kid's attention, do that thing. Uh, but you don't know until you try these things. And I suppose um, like this would be the same thing, I suppose, with, yes, you're in a, in a TV environment now where the audience is in front of you. But at the same point, you still need to work with your team with feedback in a lot of ways. It must be a, a very interesting and dynamic environment. I mean, how do you get the feedback that oh, I'm pitching too high or pitching too low? I'm guessing it's a bit of a team sort of thing. Yeah, totally. Um, I think for me, the biggest feedback is as much as I hate doing it is, you know, watching yourself back and, yeah. um, and, and you can get a lot of feedback from that. I, I've certainly had heaps of failures. I've watched, especially the earlier ones, I've watched it and just been like, it's so cringy because you're <laughs> either pitching way too high or pitching way too low. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think trying to get feedback from, um, I think, as I said, we have a, a group of very passionate and very supportive people and at my work. And a lot of them do have kids who are in our, in our kind of target age range. And we sort of, yeah experiment with them um but yeah i think trying to get self-feedback is probably the biggest 
biggest thing for you know for people in tv they'll say ratings and all that kind of thing is is a big way that they get feedback um mm. which isn't necessarily you know it, it as as scientists it, it's not it, that doesn't really mean anything really um but yeah i think thinking about the content um yeah testing it out in lots of different people i think is is, is the best way to get that feedback. Well, absolutely right. And like when, um, when you are presenting, I actually remember uh, presenting, I was at a, I was at a rotary function. I was trying to explain what we do. And the, the guy said, just understand that everyone in the room here has done Toastmasters. I went, I've never done it. <laughs> he said, they'll pick up on every um and every ah uh and every struggle and uh, they'll love you for it and, 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 <laughs> and, and tell you all about it afterwards. I went, oh, thanks very much. That's fantastic <laughs> pep talk before I talk to all these people. Uh, but it, it does. It, I think a, a lot of these sort of things is it is just getting up there and doing it. I mean, I think anyone listening who's in education, I mean, just think back to your first lesson. Of course, it was struggle street. Maybe you weren't. Maybe you're perfect. I don't know. <laughs> but as a whole, I mean, most of us just genuinely, we, and it's not just about what we're explaining. Your timing could be way out. I mean, I'm just thinking about your 90-minute builds. I mean, it, you might have this really cool idea that they're going to build this thing, and the reality is the kids can't hold a pair of scissors. Like, <laughs> it's just... It, totally. It, the fine motor skills and all that sort of thing does make a difference. And also, that true connection. I mean, you could be trying to describe a perfectly good idea in the right cultural context, you think, but the kid's got no idea what you're talking about because they never lived it or breathed it. I mean, try explaining an ocean, uh, an ocean waves and how waves work for a kid in the middle of the, middle of the country. And some of them have never seen the sea. So it, it does make a bit of a difference. Uh, cool. So, I mean, at, so it, you did right back to the very start, we talked about how you love those planes. <laughs> but I mean, and, but then you got into, um, you know, looking at you know, medicines and whatnot. What made you go, you know what? I want to study medicines. Because I mean, there's a lot of people who are students who are listening to this and, you know, trying to work out which STEM career they're going to go into. I mean, what, what made you go, you know what? I'm going to check that out because that's interesting. Um, to me, to be honest, when I left year 12, I, I, didn't, I didn't explicitly know that I wanted to do science communication because I didn't know that it was a thing that existed. And I said, uh, I think I can, you know, this is the benefit of hindsight now that I look yeah. back. I didn't know this at the time. Um, but at the time, I reckon I, I really liked, I loved science and I loved people. And to me, the only kind of jobs that put those two things together was either being a teacher or being a doctor. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to pursue one of those two things. Um, and I loved, yeah, I, I really liked um, things that were around me. And to me, that was, you know, like I think medicine is something that is, is part of everyone's lives. Um, it's, it's a big part of a lot of people's lives. And to me, there was a pharmacy just down the road um, for me. And, and I guess getting a job there was, um, was a big part of why I studied pharmacology and, um, and medicinal chemistry. But, yeah, I, I, I actually was gunning for becoming a doctor. Uh -huh. um, and it, yeah, it was sort of later when I was doing my honours, actually, that I realised that science communication was a field that uh, that paid. <laughs> I mean, not not well, but it still paid enough. <laughs> you get paid to and, play, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. And it's it, you don't realise. Um, even now, I'm still like scratching my head, thinking like I get paid to to do this kind of thing. And um, yeah, it's it is like talking to lots of different people and, and opening up those networks that I discovered this amazing field that, um, yeah, that I never knew existed that I guess I've always wanted to do. Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, anyone who's ever hung out in a, um, any sort of a, 
or head teacher's office, like a, sci a science teacher's office, or if you've been lucky enough to hang out in the back, back rooms of a museum, people have genuinely very serious conversations about slime. In fact, actually, mm -hmm. um, an hour or so just before this, we were at, we've just um, built with the uh, help of some students out of Macquarie, uh, a tensegrity structure where it's basically, it's, it's this thing where it looks like it's going to collapse because it just looks like it's being, it's sort of somehow sitting on string. And that doesn't make sense because string should collapse. It's all about mm. tension and compression and how the forces work. And then we're putting bowling balls on this thing. And then we're trying to work out how we're going to describe this thing. And we're trying to work out how we're not going to have it fall and break ourselves in front of 300 people. <laughs> and that's a real conversation. And it's a serious conversation. It's actually work. And yet we're actually just playing around. <laughs> It's a lot of fun. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So I guess um, knowing all this, we just imagine that you had a whole bunch of science communicators in front of you. The next crop of the people who will communicate the science. Uh, what would be sort of the advice you'd like to give them? Um, for me, anyway, was um, it was all about making networks and um, kind of pursuing things that you, that you really enjoyed. Uh, I... I didn't know that National Science Week was a thing that existed until I was about, until I was in, you know, second year of, of uni. Um, and I, when I discovered it, I was like, oh, that's really cool. I'm going to go to some events. And I went to, um, I went to a couple of, event, of events. And one of them was um, an event run by Ruben Meerman, who's the surfing scientist. He's um, quite a well-known Australian science communicator. Um, and he spoke so well and I thought, that's, like, that's really cool. Um, and I went to speak to him at, at the end of the session and he said, I actually went through um, a program called the Questacon Science Circus and you should check it out too. So he really led me into that path and then from there spoke to a lot of people and, um, yeah, they said, oh, you know, why don't you try volunteering at the Australian Museum in Sydney? And, and I did that. And from there, you know, like these networks and these this kind of whole new world opened. So I think... Um, you know, having a community is really important in these um, in these kind of situations. Trying to find the community that you belong to, um, and trying to find people who are who are your people. So talking to people, reaching out, um, and like there are a few times actually that I have emailed people just off the cuff. I've seen their email on Google or um, oh, I've Instagram like DM'd people just because I'm like, oh, you're really cool. Like I, I want to be, I want to be friends with you and I want to know more about how you got where you are. Um, and most of the time people are really, really gracious and they actually really like talking about themselves. <laughs> like <laughs> who doesn't like, like it's so, it's flattering when someone says to you, it's, and, and you know, even being asked to be, to be on this podcast is super flattering. Like why wouldn't, why wouldn't you want to share, share your story? And I think a lot of people are um, in the same boat. So I, it, it, you know, never hurts, I think, to reach out to people you, um, you admire and you are, you think are really cool, who are your role models and, and ask them directly how they got into, um, into where they are and see if you can get yourself like an intern or internship or a, or a day just hanging out with them, shadowing them um, is, yeah, is kind of the way that I got into where I am. Um, yeah. Asking for help, I think is another really big one. Um, don't be afraid to ask people for help and to do things. Um, as science communicators, I think a lot of us, I am certainly not great at all of the sciences at all. Um, there's one science that, I, that I'm like, yeah, I can nail it. I'm really good at it. There are other areas like physics, for example. I'm, I'm not, it's, it's not my thing. I just don't get it. I find it really difficult. Um, and, it's, and I think that's okay. Sometimes, you know, like it's, it's hard to, to feel like you've, to, to speak with authority almost as a science communicator and say, 
oh, I can talk about physics because I'm a scientist and I'm a science communicator. And that's, it's, it's, yeah, I think it's totally okay. And to acknowledge that we can't be great at everything and to ask and reach out for help um, is another big thing. Yeah, I, I like that. And actually, this is something we can definitely do in our classrooms too, because the reality is that there might be certain things. Just say you're not into IT. Tell you what the kids are, <laughs> and they'll yes, happily they take it on board. And they'll <laughs> In fact, my daughter told me how to mess around with them. Um, I didn't know how she was ch changing the Google to changing Chrome. I said, like, "How'd you do that?" She goes, "Oh, you just change this little attribute in, on the on the code. I just inspect the element." I went, "Oh, do you now?" She's in year five. Uh, <laughs> and how'd you learn that? Oh, I just watched a friend do it. Uh huh. All right. So that was literally yesterday. So it's, <laughs> it's kind of fun. How um, I mean the people in front of you can contribute to your knowledge. It's 100% the case, and it's, it's definitely how it works. And I do like the idea of you saying, I mean, yeah, you got to reach out. I mean, and I kind of like the idea of, you know, the door won't open unless you put your hand on the handle and turn it a little yeah. bit. It's just, it's, I like that. It doesn't yeah. really work any other way, really. Uh, so, yeah, so, it, no, that's really cool. So, um, again, so this works for anyone in any form of education or outreach setting. It's the same rules apply, really. No, it's really cool. And, and Isla, thank you for uh, rocking up on this podcast too. Um, and, uh, you know, you flatter. Undoubtedly, with a quite a tight and busy schedule, a production schedule, so to speak, we don't have a production schedule so much. We just, as long as we turn up to the workshops and shows on time, everyone's happy. <laughs> <laughs> it tends to work. Uh, but, look, Thank you again. And um, look, oh, how do we, uh, is there anything that we could uh, uh, visit um, uh, about your world or anything else that we should go visit uh, while we've got you on the podcast? Um, yeah, like you said, I, um, I'm passionate about the job that I do right now, um, Scope TV. We have a, an excellent array of videos on our YouTube channel. Um, we post some fun stuff on our Instagram as well. As, and I post a lot of things, myself. Oh, not a lot, actually. I'm trying to get into social media. In fact, one of my um, first social media stories um, was created with the help of a, of a year 11 student who was very good at, um, you know, doing the stickers and the gifts and whatever yeah. else. Um, so I'm trying to get into that. <laughs> um, but I'm also working on a program called Totally Wild, also on Network 10. Um, it is a show about animals and action and adventure and things like that. Um, but I am the resident scientist on the show and doing lots of little science segments. Um, so it'd be great if you can check that out as well. Absolutely. And I've got to say, I grew up on Totally Wild. I definitely, definitely did. That's, that's definitely my age group. That, that just time stamps me very neatly, I believe. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> but uh, look, uh, thank you very much. And definitely, as usual, we put these uh, links in the show notes so people can go check that out. And uh, definitely, Isla, thank you very much for uh, visiting the podcast. And uh, well done with uh, not only finding your dream job, but honestly, just um, inspiring audiences. Really cool. Oh, thanks for the time, Ben. It's been lots of fun. We hope you've been enjoying the Physics Ed podcast. We love making science make sense. Why don't you book us for a science show or workshop in your school? If you're outside of Australia, you can connect with us via a virtual excursion. See our website for more. Well, there we go. We just heard from Island Nakano, who you can really tell loves the science and more importantly, loves inspiring others. And trust me, they've done an amazing job through Scope. Network 10 has done a really good job when it comes to getting kids into science. I mean, we see hundreds of thousands of kids a year and they often say, hey, we watch Scope in the afternoons. And yeah, I know that Isla is making an amazing impact with kids all over the place. It's really, really cool. So if you want to go check out what Isla's been doing on Instagram, uh, look up Isla underscore Nakano. So I-S-L-A underscore 
N-A-K-N-O. Or, or you can also check out uh, Scope TV AU. So Scope TV AU on their Instagram and see what, uh, what they've been doing with the filming, what they've been doing uh, with uh, upcoming episodes in various different segments and all that sort of thing. So, uh, look, much appreciated. Thanks again for hanging out on the PhysEd podcast. And I hope you have a fantastic uh, 2020. And if you're listening uh, past 2020, I hope you're having a great year whenever <laughs> you're listening to this. And I will catch you another time. You've been listening to another Physics Ed podcast. We're excited about science. Subscribe to us on iTunes to download the next episode as soon as it's released. And don't forget, for hundreds of ideas, free experiments, our new Be Amazing book and more, go to physicseducation.com.au. That's physics spelled F-I-Z-Z-I-C-S. This podcast is part of the Australian Educators Online Network. AEON.net.au